Hello, everybody, and welcome to Too Weird Didn't Watch, the show where we make fun of movies based on nothing but their odd descriptions. I'm Branley. I'm Albert, and as we enjoy doing sometimes, we're going to tie in with a big Hollywood Sundance. release. I think the majority of our episodes have been themed. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Maybe recently. Definitely recently. The first couple were just whichever ones we could find. It's but fun, though. To be fair, it's easier to find them if you look for them in clusters. Yeah. And so just by how I have them in my little text document, I don't know about you, but they just wind up being themed that way. So, uh, A24, releasing It Comes at Night this week. Mm. Uh, we're going to review... No, not actually. <laughs> <laughs> Movies about nighttime! No, for real. Uh, we're talking about The Mummy, uh, starring Tom Cruise. We're not talking about that one, though. Um, movies adjacent, kind of? We're going to talk about movies with mummies in them. Yes. Brantley has pulled up our list, very helpfully. All Brantley, right. take it away. Well, the first one we have is Blood from the Mummy's Tomb. Okay. Which is Hammer Horror. Say, which, I, that, to my knowledge, is the first Hammer Horror we've done. And while we're not here to talk about Dracula, <laughs> this is loosely... I want to emphasize... Emphasize? Emphasize? I can't say the word. You say it. Emphasize. That one. Ah, my tongue. What do you want to emphasize, Brantley? <laughs> that this is very loosely based on a Bram Stoker novel. Oh, yeah? Which one? It's like the Seven Gems or of something. Okay. Or Seven Blood Gems, something like that. Those of you who are fans of the Seven Gems of something, like Bram Stoker. <laughs> well, Look, not all the titles were great. He took them all to decide on Dracula. That's just because he heard the name and thought it was cool. <laughs> hey, actually, originally he was going to call it Count Vampire. Anyways, blood from the t- mummy's tomb. All right. On the night before her anniversary, Margaret F U C H S, you just sure receives an ancient Egyptian ring with a red stone as a birthday gift from her father. Because that's the responsible thing to do with ancient Egyptian artifacts. Just hand them out to your family. Uh, back in the day, Egyptology was a lot more loosey goosey. It was tomb raiding. It was like literally blowing holes in the side of pyramids and taking whole pieces of mummies to grind up and eat and paint with. Yeah, there's a specific color. I can't remember what it's called, but it's just literally ground up mummy. There's also an obelisk that they, the Egyptians just shipped over to England. They're like, here you go, you guys conquered us. So have a big pointy thing, I guess. <laughs> so her father, Professor Julian. Same last name. Fuches. Futches. I say Futches. Okay, Futches. Okay. Margaret has frequent nightmares about an expedition in Egypt with five members, including her father, finding the tomb of Queen Terra, an evil sorcerer with a severed hand. Okay, okay. So she's like, she gets this thing, she starts having nightmares. Assumably she doesn't know about the actual expedition, because that would be a good way to just... Like, put that to bed right away. Yeah, just, you're worried about your dad. Understandably, it's Egypt. And pres- depending on how far back it is, actually, anytime really, not fun place to be in most of the time. No. Yeah. <laughs> For a variety of reasons, not the least being desert. Yeah, but the, so this lady, I, I, I like the fact that they, they mentioned that it's a lady sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't gender, they didn't use the word sorceress. <laughs> So we're going ungendered here. Very progressive. Uh, <laughs> From the 70s. <laughs> well, the, the description writer probably wasn't. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but, and, and she's got a separate <laughs> hand? Yeah. Like, does she still have the hand with her? You asking if the, ca- the ring came on the hand? 
Well, no, although that's a great idea, too. I was just wondering, like, if, if I was that a sorcerer. Back, just like, and here you go, here's something to eat. Here's some uh, medicine. If I'm a sorcerer and I have my hand cut off, I'm going to animate that thing and have it walk around like have a puppy it be dog. The thing? Yeah. <laughs> the members collect, because, you know, Egyptology, the sarcophagus with a totally preserved mummy, the severed hand with a ring with a red stone, and three relics. This is a different ring. Presumably. Or no, she's still dreaming. Or this, this is the dream, yeah. It's really Is it's... she dreaming a flashback? I think so. Did they just like <laughs> have this part already filmed, but it wasn't good enough or something, and they just Like she gets the ring and the ring decides to inform her of its backstory. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, madam, this is where I came from. <laughs> Your Before daddy I can tell found you me. that story. I have to tell you this one. <laughs> In dream form! Also, maybe it didn't... Oh, I know. Like, I'm guessing... So here's what I'm thinking. Like, they made changes in the script or whatever halfway mm-hmm. through, and they're like, we already shot all this stuff. It's kind of important to the plot, but it also kind of doesn't make sense anymore. <laughs> but... <laughs> I have a crazy idea that just might work. If, it, if we make it a dream sequence, they won't be able to complain because <laughs> it is just a dream. There you go. Margaret is possessed by the spirit of Terra and chases the expedition members to retrieve the objects and give life back to Terra. Man. So this isn't a... Well, we don't know for sure, but I'm guessing that a large portion of this movie is just about Margaret Margaret being possessed. Yeah. And not a mummy walking around. I mean, she get. I'm picturing like she gives life to the mummy... But the sorceress is still kind of a mummy. Oh, well, well, yeah. And, like, eventually, uses- oh, so I think no, I get, get what you're saying. I think eventually there will be a mummy, but like the like there, we have to get there. We have to yeah. watch random people, normal people, It'll be murder like the each other. Of the original mummy. <laughs> no, the original mummy had so much of that as well. Well, okay, he wasn't. I guess he was up and walking around. No, I mean like he was actual proper mummy for like. Five minutes? At the beginning. And then he left screen and came back as a dude? Yeah, it's just like, oh, where's Karloff now? I Allow me any... to pontificate and stare at you creepily, because that's, that's what a, he does. It was such a bummer, because that opening scene of that first movie was so great. And you Where think, he just gets up, walks away, and the dude just loses his mind? Yeah. Renfield just snaps? Well, also because you know it's coming. Like, you're building up to that. Yeah. And then... Yeah, there's just like there's this sort of not like truly horrifying, but you have that kind of quality of I'm kind of getting nervous about this. What's going to happen? And then the rest of the movie's terrible, in my opinion. Hate it. Hate <laughs> it to just, death. You just want the mummy to walk around and eat people. Hey, he doesn't have to. You uh, could kill them in other ways besides eating them. So you want the '90s, early 2000s mummy? Maybe I haven't seen that one, so I don't know if I want that or not. He's the mom. The whole movie is him building up to being fully human again, and he has to. Yeah, see that. that 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 I can. That get movie's rad. Fine. The first one, second one's kind of dumb. The third one, eh? Really? Just the third one's the only there. one I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of eh in it. It was. It's remarkably mediocre. <sighs> is that the end of this one? That's the end of this one. I'm disappointed. Mummy movies continue to disappoint me, apparently. This is not sound like what I want to see. All right. So you want to move on to our next movie? Let's, try, let's spin the dice again. Uh, now, you've you only spin seen... Dice. I don't know what you do. Let's roll take it. the dice. You roll them. Yeah. As a D&D player, you should know this by now. No, but um, what is the thing? I, the, Flip let's the try coin. again. Yes, let's get another one in the hopper and see if it satisfies. Okay. 
Now you've Another! Seen the, you've seen the original Mummy. Yes, I have. But you have not seen the sequels. I have not. Well, we're going to talk about the first sequel. You know how the first one... This is going to be my ranting. I saw this thing on Twitter that had a picture of... The, the poster from the new Mummy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it had a poster of the older one we just talked about. And it said, here's an idea. Let's take this fun romantic comedy and make it a generic action movie. My response is, let's take a horror movie series and make it a fun romantic comedy. And before that, let's take a deep, dramatic, and sad romance and make it into a horror movie. This is what I was talking to you about, where you can just, you can cook cut and put the monsters in any plot. Yeah, I guess. Because they're just there. It felt like there was more weight to it, though. It felt like in the old days, when you were talking about the original Dracula, the original Mummy, even if they were bad, there was a certain level of, these are actual supernatural things that are happening, and we believe in supernatural things because we haven't scienced ourselves out of that quite yet. And so we just allowed to be creepy. And in this one, it's like, yeah, but we need, like, more action and, like, what if there was science behind it, kind of. Guys, right? Science. Is there going to be science in the new one? Yeah. Because it's a one bit those, So Okay, it's one of those, like, magic is science things. Okay. Like, they have a science of magic. They, they're, they're Well, I mean, Egyptian magic, to a point, followed a set. Most magic follows a set rules within itself. Okay. Like, even Harry Potter, there are set rules. This is how magic works. You have to go to class to understand it. Which made me laugh in the first book when he's just like, I thought it was just going to be saying funny words and waving a wand. <laughs> but no, there's homework. <laughs> yep. Anyway, so, the first Mummy movie, you know, Imhotep comes live, tries to get his girl. Right. The sequels ignore that. And instead well, we have Harris. He, he gets killed, right? Like, at the end, like, there's not really a way I to bring mean, him back at he, the they bring him back at the beginning of the movie. He's been dead for a while at that point. No, we can't do that again. That's what they do in the second Mummy in the Brendan Fraser series. No, I'm, I'm joking. I know. <laughs> so, in Cairo, as you do. That's the only Egyptian city that anybody knows. Yeah. I mean, most of the other famous ones are not there anymore. Cause yeah, I was going to say Memphis, and- but that's Elvis now. And- I thought about doing Bubba Hotep, but I thought you might have seen it. I have seen it. It's great. Okay. <laughs> have you not seen it? No. I want to. We'll have to rectify that at some point. Yeah. And Cairo archaeologist Steve Benning unearths a vase, or a vase, one of those, that he believes... You can pick your pronunciation on that one, Brantley. I will yep. not correct you. I chose both. <laughs> <laughs> that he believes could lead him to the ancient tomb of Princess Ananka. Wait, so... He finds this vase. Mm-hmm. Is it, is it like writing on it or something, or is it? Well, it's ancient Egyptian, so pictures of birds and left arms. Okay, I was thinking Tireless. like maybe it like you played spin the bottle with it and it point like pointed the way. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> okay, a- I was picturing like it's got really fine etchings of the map, and you would like wrap roll or cover it in ink and roll it on like papyrus or something like that. Well, that or but yours that. is more fun. Which <laughs> says east. You're just spinning a vase. We're going east. I'm paying for everything. I don't care. <laughs> Been out here for two years. We're destined at this point. Unknown to Steve, his colleague, Professor Andohib, is also the high priest of Karnak. Casually, on the side. He also came in as professor of Egyptology. <laughs> high priest of Karnak is my true calling, but I have to... <laughs> Pat the bill somehow. Yeah. I happen to know about all these old rituals. Might as well get a <laughs> get a paying job with it. <sighs> Who holds the secrets of Karis? Wait, he's the secret of he's the priest of Karnak. Karnak. 
but he has the secrets of Karis. Is it like an ex-girlfriend of his or something? A mummy who guards Ananka's tomb. You get all those three names? Because I don't think Karnak ever actually comes up in the series as a whole. Just like, it's the so title he's just a do- like a god of the dead or whatever that he worships? Probably one they made up. Oh, yeah, because yeah, I've actually that read about an- Egyptology. Anubis or Osiris or... It does sound cool, though. It sounds kind of it Egyptian. It sounds Egyptian, which it might well be. Yeah, there's a it's lot f- of stuff in Egyptian It's also mythology. fun to say Karnak. Karnak. Sounds like a Bionicle character. So he is the worshiper of this god, and he knows about the mummy. He's the high priest of Karnak. So that could just be, like, the order, the god. So he's the high priest of something. Okay, okay. And Karnak is tangentially related. And he has the secrets of Karis, who is a mummy. He is our mummy for this movie. All right, I got you. I got you. And he's the mummy for the rest of the franchise. Nice. Until the first reboot and now the new reboot. And he guards Ananka's tomb. You tracking? Wait, so who's Ananka? (laughs) Ananka's a princess that uh, Steve Banning wants to find her tomb. Okay. Because he's an Egyptologist, so or archaeologist. This is similar to the Aztec mummy thing, then, where there's yeah. like there's the one there's layers that go in a circle here. <laughs> yeah, there's the dead person, and then the mummy that guards the tomb, and then you get the robot, the guy who can control the the, the, the robot. In the, there's not a robot, there's in, no this robot in this one. Upon receiving funds from magician Solvani, wait, and his daughter Marta, because it's who's a, receiving the funds here? Is it the the like English guy who has the bottle, or the Steve, high priest, the guy who finds the vase? Is he, a, like, a stage magician? Is he just, like, randomly, like, making pulling rabbits out of a hat and also funding e- Egyptian expeditions? Or is he, like, voodoo mystical Egyptian? Because the stage Egyptian version of that's well, way more so fun. Funny. That name doesn't say... That says Italian to me, not Egyptian. I don't know exactly. Well, so, he could still be... I think he's just hanging out in Egypt doing shows to get money. Uh, my assumption was that, like, he... If, if we're going with the real magician theory yeah. here, he could be from anywhere, yeah. and he's just studying, like, their version of the occult to deepen his knowledge. I love movies when there's, like, this actual sorcerer, but that doesn't pay, so he has to go be a stage magician. <laughs> I love those. Okay, yeah. And so like, they do the big dramatic thing, and they, like, go... I, I watched some movie back in the 90s where this guy, he has this big dramatic show, and then he gets done, and he starts ranting about having to do the show, and he, like, takes everything off, and then he just snaps his finger and makes fire on his fireplace. Such a waste of time. <laughs> so, upon receiving funds from magician Salvani and his daughter, Marta, because, again, this is the 40s, so we need a female lead for the dude to fall for and the mummy to pick up at some point. Right, right, right. That That is her role in this movie. She's going to faint, and the mummy's going to carry her. Yep, I gotcha. Steve and the Salvanis embark on an expedition to the gravesite, where Karis awaits to do the aforementioned carrying. Yeah. Thoughts? I was hoping for a little bit... Like, there's a lot of setup in that. This is another one that was either this paragraph or the entire plot is a small novel. No, I, I get that. Uh, I, I just wish that there was... Like, I don't know what the allegiances are. Obviously, our high priest guy is going to stab somebody in the back. Like, he's got... Well, he's going to stab Steve in the back. Yeah. Well, he's got Cause, alternate cause agenda. He is technically... If he has the secrets to Karis, who is supposed to guard Princess Ananka... Then he is also supposed to guard her, right? So he's like a double agent. So he's friends with this or colleagues with this dude, who's looking for the thing he's supposed to guard. And I guess he's been leading him false information. It would be, which would be a good way to do it. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. It. No, I think that actually really on board with his plan. I wonder how the movie spins it out, though. I wonder if 
we're talking about like so so there, there's a couple ways this could go either like right off the bat we know that he's crooked mm-hmm. or it's a big reveal at some point the way the description read it seems like we know right off the bat that he's crooked yeah uh, I mean the characters might not know yeah well obviously I would assume not yeah. or at least they wouldn't know, understand the implications but I do want this to be I want more of a reveal or some Hitchcockian Hitchcockian is that a word suspense yeah, I want some, like play it either way. I'm worried the movie does neither. I think that it's just like, yep, he's a bad guy. And we're going to the tomb now. I mean, it, how much suspense is there depends on whether or not they bring him along. Oh, they definitely bring him. He's got to be there, right? I mean, he could be he could be there as the priest. I guess. I mean, and then you get the scene like, "Why are you here?" Um, decide to see if you were right and just happened to get here a little bit before you. And the mummy comes in. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think he's with them. I definitely think he's sabotaging them from behind. Like, and he's trying to, like, lead them off the path and like, no, you read the map wrong, silly guy. It's like, yep, you know me, can't know ra- maps. And, like, he walks off and curses to himself. Or he's like, you know what you should do? You should walk into that pyramid completely by yourself. You don't need nobody else to tell you what to do, <laughs> sir. What is it? Just a bunch of dead bones? Are you afraid of a bunch of dead bones? You get in there, sir. You're a man. Let him hear you roar. And then he walks in there and he just gets eaten by the mummy. He's like, all right, one down. Shut <laughs> ching. He's just doing it one by one. All the porters and everything. Hey, dude, have you seen Steve? I think he went into the mummy's tomb. I mean, the, the just the tomb. No, mummies it's aren't always alive. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're probably a mummy in there, man. That would be the, wouldn't that not be the worst if you had a mummy movie and it's just like, yeah, there's, it's just dead the whole time. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I would feel very ripped off. It's just literally like it's a semi-documentary about Egyptology. <laughs> it's just like this romantic comedy, but they just happen to be breaking into a tomb. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of the title now. The Mummy and Marge. Death and Love in Egypt. Yours sounds more impressive than mine. <laughs> What's our final movie for our this Our final week? movie has a very boring title, but a really cool poster. Okay. The Awakening. Okay. That's not so bad. Eh. Unless, like, well, the Denis Villeneuve had the arrival, or I'm sorry, was it just arrival? I think it was just arrival came out. Like, one word titles are fine if you have a good advertising campaign behind them. That's fair. If you're, like, what you need fancy titles for is if you don't have that, and you need people to know that you have a robot T Rex fighting an alien squid. Is that a movie? I, I'm just throwing stuff out there. You throw Probably, yes. things out that I really want. I get that. Don't That's what I'm saying, that. though. Like, but you only have it for like five minutes. But you put it in the title, Robot T-Rex versus Alien Squid. Whereas if you're, you know, fancy schmancy, you can just be like, Space, the movie. So Interstellar? What? No. It's it's about like... Well, that's Space, the movie. No, no. It just takes place like in this small home. And... Technically, every movie takes place in space if you want to do like that. <laughs> No, it's like you're not wrong, but you're kind of a dick if you do that. <laughs> Our space movie, where it takes place, Kansas. <laughs> also, Interstellar, by the way. <laughs> I have not seen that movie. Oh yeah, don't plan on it. Uh, you're not missing that much. So, The Awakening. English archaeologist Matthew Corbeck, parenthetical, played by the emphatically American Charlton Heston. All right, yeah. Made me laugh when I read that. <laughs> Him and the uh, John Wayne version of Genghis Khan yeah. getting along fabulously. Undertakes an expedition to find the tomb of the Egyptian princess Kara, not to be confused with Terra, and Karas from the last movie. Yeah, it, 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 where, why is it that 
screenwriters of this era, and I don't know when this came out. Maybe it's way back. Why, I mean, why Charlton they, Heston is Hades, yeah, 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 so yeah. 60s, 70s, somewhere there. Why, why do they all have K's in their names? Because K is a cool letter. That's why Codec is spelled like that. It was the guy who came up with Codec's favorite letter, so he put it at the beginning and the end, and they just filled in other letters. Okay. <laughs> That's literally who came up with the name of Kodak. I mean, it's... it's like, I like K's. It's going to start with a K. Put another one at the end. Yeah. Now what? Some other letters. And then, yeah, he's just like, now what? He puts a third K in the middle, and he's like, mm, That's too bad much. move. That's too much. How about a D? That's like a weak K. <laughs> <laughs> o and A. Those are some strong <sighs> vowels. So, Princess Kara, despite his awareness of a nefarious curse, as opposed to those friendly, happy curses... Yeah, I think those are called blessings. Yeah. That is said to befall anyone who disturbs the tomb. Because if you disturb a tomb, you'll die eventually. That That is true. Yeah. <laughs> Scientifically I love the King curse. It's like everyone who's messed mess with Tinkuk. Tinkuk? Yeah, that <laughs> has died. Yeah. People tend to do that. Eventually. Yeah. If Weird if they hadn't at this point. <laughs> That would be interesting. At 93, on his deathbed, the curse finally came for him. (laughs) He had pneumonia and died peacefully in his sleep. The King Tutter curse. (laughs) 18 years after Corbeck's discovery of the burial site. Again. Which presumably he did. (laughs) He was just like, he's, he's living his life out just fine. He's like, no, there's no curse. Guys, it's been 18 years. I'm pretty sure I'm fine at this point. <laughs> and the mummy's like, oh yeah? I love the idea of every little minor infraction that happens to him. He's like, it's the curse. <laughs> like, guys, it's just a parking ticket. <laughs> I parked poorly. They overcooked your burger? The curse? It's a restaurant. <laughs> Screw-ups happen, man. His teenage daughter, who was born at the very moment of the tomb's violation. That was convenient. Like, how exact. Like, the second they broke ground? Yeah, so, yeah, also he's talking about, like... that'd be a really cool and disturbing scene. That they're, like, they're digging into it, and then the wife's going into labor at the same time, and they keep flashing back and forth. I can see that. I like what you're saying there. However, birth doesn't happen in a moment. Which part of the birth are we talking about? So like maybe, happens? like, when they start digging, she goes in labor, and when they break into the actual tomb, like, the inner chamber, is when the baby pops out. Oh, I assumed that it was just, like, they opened the door, and also, like, she just, like, her mother just shot her across the <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those tunes were kind of hard to get into. Fair enough. Like, I haven't heard of this lady, so she probably didn't have that big a pyramid, but even so. Okay. It could have been just a tomb. Not all tombs were pyramids. That's true. They weren't popular, and they took so long to build, and you had to pay so many people, because they weren't built by slaves. Begins to have behave strangely. The daughter who was born at the yeah, I got. Yeah. I appreciate you clarifying. Turns out, she's been possessed by Kara's malevolent spirit, who held off until she wasn't a minor anymore because well, she respects she the, the laws right of the land. <laughs> what? She'd be hot enough then. You know what? If you're a spirit, you don't <laughs> want to possess like a ten year old. What are you gonna do? I don't know. I haven't seen the omen yet, but I feel like that. Well, he just stared at people, and stuff happened. Okay. And crows flew ominously away. So, she's been possessed by Kara's malevolent spirit, carrying out the princess's revenge by causing several deaths and developing a less-than-healthy obsession with daddy. I, you guys can't see the expression I'm giving Brantley, but it's not. Yeah, we were good up until the last part of that last sentence. 
I get, okay, so there's like a part of me that gets where this ghost is coming from, kinda. Like you're gonna possess somebody. You've got a body for the first time in several thousand years. An eighteen year old body and Charlton Heston is right there. Yeah. But Hey, why are you why are you carrying out the curse on all the other people and not the dude? Well, because she's into him. I guess. He's like, I know you broke into my tube and also, wouldn't you be really thankful at this point that your spirit has been freed and you get like a cool, hot 18 year old body? That's, I don't Do you think that in these movies, especially if they're, they're brought back just in their own body, but for some reason they're still really mad that the grave was messed with? Like, you're not <laughs> dead anymore! You're welcome! Maybe the afterlife is really awesome for them. <laughs> it, if it's the Egyptian afterlife, I don't know, maybe. Well, they, you're in a field. The, the, the Egyptians believe that you literally could take it with you. Well, yeah, but... Well, I was going to say only if you're rich, but those are the only ones who got tombs. Yeah. Everybody else is just like, well, you died. You're, I guess, walking naked through the afterlife now. Yeah. Uh, they must have buried him with some stuff. If you believe that, you got to yeah, be you like... You have your clothes, yeah. And they, here's, some, here's whatever money you were able to save up at your station in life and, you know, some cool trinkets that you liked a lot so that you won't be lonely in the afterlife. I mean, they just didn't entomb your cat. Because you probably didn't have a cat to be fair. I don't know how that worked. Egyptians were really into cats. Oh, I know the Egyptians were really into cats. I'm just saying I don't know how likely it would have been that a regular Egyptian would have yeah, that I know. a cat. If the, I mean, I they know do more tend about to the breed and, a lot. I know more about the mythology of the gods and the kind of sort of demons and monsters they have. don't really know a whole lot about actual Egyptian life. Well, it's been a long, long time. Yeah. And there was like 4,000 years of it. So, yeah, and there were a few upsets, and they had three different kingdoms going on at the same time. It's not like you can just say, an ancient Egyptian it was like this. It's like, they, they had a lot of civilization I mean, going her, on. Uh, Disney's Hercules said that about the Greeks. In ancient Greece, it was like this. Ignore the different war and city-states and how Sparta would have murdered someone from Athens and said they were the same. Fair enough. Is that the end of that description, That really? is the end of that one. Incestuous ghost possession. I, man, that I want to see. Like, just what? out of a morbid curiosity, at least it sounds interesting. Yeah. Compared to... I've forgotten what the first one was. I was not impressed. The first one was a ring that tells its own backstory. Yeah. And then it, the girl's possessed. A lot of possessions happening here. Again, well, not really much of a mummy in this movie. Yeah. The only one the only one we really have that had mummies was the mummy's hand. And he has full bandage. I've seen pictures. Okay. Which is where we get the normal picture. There's, I, I'm worried we're going to do that with the new mummy as well. Like, she's going to be dead, and she's going to be back, and there's, like, the one sequence that's from the trailer where maybe it's a dream. I mean, Where all, he's got the rats coming at him with, the, like, the twisted-up mummy. That, that's probably not even her. Probably a servant. Could be. I mean, all the... Unless it's when she first resurrects and gets her body back. I mean, all the, pretty much all the pictures from that has just been a pale, hot chick. Yeah. Sometimes with four pupils. Yeah, Tom Cruise gets the four peoples as well at some point. Yeah. Spoilers. I mean, she says, I want you to see what, you'll see what I saw, so I think she wants to, she's kind of into him too. Okay. Who exactly is he playing in that movie? My hope is that it turns out to be a Dracula character. Oh, yeah? That the curse that she casts on him makes him immortal and he has to drink blood. Man, I had so much hopes for Dracula and Told, and there's a lot of part, there's a lot of that movie that's really good. Yeah. But it makes the same mistake in Maleficent where it's just like, and good guy, still. Yep. It's, you know, Dracula, who's kind of known for being the bad guy. 
Well, yeah, and ninety percent of the adaptations in the original novel. He's still seen as a hero in his own country. Vlad Tepish, yeah, yeah. He also, you know, murdered a bunch of people and stuck them on pikes. Yeah, you'd have to. I mean, he's a Genghis Khan type hero where he does yeah. lots of really bad things, but you know, he's super like, competent. Some Muslims came to talk to him about being kind of crazy. Like, we don't want to go to war with you, but we would like you to calm down too. It's like, okay, take off the turbans. We can't do that with a religion. Okay, so he cut off their heads, had the turbans nailed to the heads, and sent them back asking for someone more polite. <laughs> he straight up did that, because he was crazy and kind of awesome. But not because of that. No, no, murder is bad. <laughs> not, not because he killed Muslims, we would like to be clear. But because there was an invading army into the Western world, and he was just like, yeah, you're going to stop here. And he stopped them flat, because he was a psychopath. Crazy guy. Yep. Not a movie about him, though. Nope. That'll do it for us this week on Two Weird Didn't Watch. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you like this, tell somebody about it. We don't do any advertising or anything. Word of mouth is our only way of getting around. And fix that. Well, you do it, then. Okay. You're going to advertise to somebody? Take out a billboard? No. Nope. Yeah, I didn't this. <laughs> People are annoyed at the block in the view. <sighs> we'll see you guys next week. Take out a billboard for us. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.